The talk today is entitled Jane the Uber Driver Continued Living Intentionally or Living Purposefully. Last week we looked at Matthew 9:35 to 10 verse 8 and the story was about Jane the Uber Driver. If you didn't get that story you can get it on New Beginnings 2 on the website. But first Let's read Romans 12, the first two verses from the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Now, there's a little something I didn't tell you about Jane, the Uber driver, in last week's story. So, we were concentrating on last week about the fact that Jane, the Uber driver, represents every single one of us, that God uses us as individuals, as ordinary people, as wherever we are. So the story continues like this. Ed Stetzer has been in her car and has revealed actually who he is, and a conversation ensues. And he asks her, asks her about herself. And it turns out that she's actually a real estate broker in Chicago. But winter in Chicago is exceptionally cold, uh, bitterly cold. And business at that time of the year is, is really slow. And her kids said to her, well, you love driving and you love people. And she thought, well, it's an opportunity to get out the house and to encourage people. So she becomes an Uber driver with a purpose. And so at the end of the uh, drive to the airport, Ed Stetzer asks if he can interview her quickly. And she, he, she says yes, and he asks her a number of questions. And one of the questions he asks was, how do you start conversations? And she said, uh, she asks lots of questions, simple questions, actually. How's your day going? Where are you going? How are you going? Are you going on your way to work? Um, just so ordinary answers. And she said, there's little things that she says, if she can, she uses the word blessing to see how they respond. Oh, wow, that's such a blessing or something like that. Um, and if someone asks her about her job, she says, oh, yeah, God really opened up this door for me. So they're simple things, but lots of questions. And she finds that people are really quite happy to, to talk about life. But the interesting thing is, that the interview ends with Jane saying these words, and I quote, I see it as an opportunity to plant a seed, to help someone smile with a word of encouragement, sometimes even to have a significant conversation. I pray every day about how I can share his love and his light today. I see it as an opportunity to plant a seed. You see, Jane the Uber driver lives intentionally. She lives on purpose. And it made me stop and think, and I uh, want to read now to you from uh, John 17, 
depths, verse 18, where Jesus is talking, he's praying actually to his father. And of the disciples, he says this, In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. So Jesus is conscious, that's John 17 verse 18, he's conscious that he has a mission, that God has given him a purpose and a reason for coming. And his mission, as we saw last week, was to teach in the synagogues, proclaim the good news of the kingdom, to set people free, to heal all the sick and those who have every kind of illness. In other words, to bring everything of God to the people around him. Love, joy, peace, hope, kindness, justice. But what's interesting is that just a little bit later in John twenty twenty one, before he leaves, he says, just as the Father sent me, I send you. So in other words, he flips it from being just him who has been sent by the Father to um, have a mission. He gives it to us as well. He prays that prayer for us. And then he says to his disciples, just as the Father sent me, I send you. So our mission in the world, our purpose for being, is exactly the same as Jesus. To bring healing, to set people free, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom being here, of heaven coming down to earth, of love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, generosity, uh, creativity, justice, hope. There's an interesting passage in Acts where... Paul, uh, I'm going to read again from the message where Paul in Acts 20, verse 24 says this. What matters most to me is to finish what God started, the job the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. You see, Jane, the Uber driver, Jane the ordinary uh, man on the street person like you and I says, I pray every day about how I, share his, how I can share his love and light today. Paul is saying, what matters most to me is to finish what God started, the job the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. The baton has been handed over to you and I. We are the ones who bring the kingdom. We are the ones who are tasked by God to see his kingdom come. Paul, when he's writing to the Colossian church, and I'm going to read from the message again, it's in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16. We look at the sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. In other words, when we look at Jesus, we see what God's purpose is. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angel, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. We were made for a mission. We were made for a purpose. And what I think God is calling us at Bishop Storted Vineyard is to begin to really live with a sense of that purpose, to live intentionally. Because God is at work in the world. He's at work in our lives. He's at work in our community. And he wants us to join in with him. He wants to partner with us. It's interesting when you think of the life of Jesus. At 12 years old, he says, 
I must be about my father's business. When his parents come looking for him when he's sitting talking in the temple. Two decades later, hanging on a cross, he says, it is finished. He completed his mission. He completed what God's purpose for him in coming to earth, his incarnation, was all about. Mission complete, if you like. And now, it's our mission. We are his body. We are the ones who are to spread to the four corners of our community and to the world this message of life, of light. The same mission that he had, we now have. So, in a sense, we are called to come to him and then we are called to go for him. If you remember Romans 8.28, it says, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God doesn't just do things haphazardly. He doesn't just do things without having some clear intent and purpose in everything that he does. And when Jesus leaves and he says to his disciples in Matthew 28, um, all authority has been given to him, now go and make disciples. That's what he's saying. He's saying, here is the baton. I have it. I give it to you. As we saw last week when Jesus says to his um, 12, as he sends them out and gave them authority to deal with the unclean spirits, to heal every kind of sickness and disease. He's doing the same for us. In other words, this whole mission that God has is not going to happen without you or me. It's not going to happen if we are not intentional about it, if we don't focus our lives around and and shape our lives around this. And for me, that's really an amazing idea, that God designed the world that we can be co-workers with him. The, The fact is that he really wants to partner with me. That is amazing. That is absolutely staggering, really. Let's be frank. That God wants to partner with me in bringing about his purpose. Jordan Singh has an interesting equation in his book, um, Miracle Work, which we might look at in detail sometime soon again. But the equation is this. Authority plus gifting plus faith plus consecration equals power. And the two first bits of that equation are what God gives to us. It's, in a sense, his part, the authority, um, as he gives us authority to go and do this. We, we are commissioned. We have been, we have been um, if you like, clothed with the authority, um, as a policeman is, to go and do the job that God has given us. He actually says in a different place, if you want more authority, Uh, look for more opportunities to be obedient, which I thought was quite an interesting insight. Then there's gifting. Now, gifting uh, is something we all have different measures of different things. It's a, a thing that is given to us. Obviously, it's a gift. But gifting is also that which God gives us. The two other parts of that uh, first section of the equation, faith and um, what he calls consecration, Faith is our, our ability to trust that God will do it. And that's, that's on us. And consecration is actually, how much do we clean ourselves up? How much are we living holy lives 
lives of prayer, lives of um, obedience, because that makes a difference to what happens. So I'm not going to go into any more detail than that, but that's the one side of the equation. Authority, gifting, faith and consecration equals power. And I mention that because last week on Sunday morning we had a question, what if nothing happens? And it's, 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 a, it's a proper question and it's actually something that I think we all are nervous about because we do stuff and it doesn't work or we think it so-called fails. But I think the first thing to note is that all of this is in God's hands. We, we trust that we are being led by the Spirit of God. And, and then to say this as well, nothing never happens. In other words, something always happens. It may not be what we wanted or asked for or expected, and it may take us by surprise, or uh, it may be a, a, for, for a variety of different reasons, but it's not an excuse for us not to do something, not to, or to stop doing something. And I think the most important thing about all of this, whether it's speaking to people about our faith, whether it's praying for healing and hoping that they get healed immediately, is to always, and I, I, the emphasis is really there, always leave people experiencing a sense of care and love, making them feel loved and cared no matter what happens, that they are not in any way um, um, upset by the whole process. And and to remember that we operate with the same authority as Jesus had, the same assignment, with the same intentionality that he had. And it didn't always work when Jesus did it. Sometimes he had to pray a second time. So it happens. Our purpose, our function, our mission, like Jesus, is to bring life in all its fullness and all its abundance. And again, let me reiterate what we said uh, some while back as uh, a series of things that we did. Um, it's for everyone, everywhere, every day. We are the church and we are on a mission for God. We are his body everywhere. So our gathering together is important in the various different ways that we do it and the different things that we do when we are together as his people. But he wants us to represent him. We are now his body walking as he did the dusty highways into homes and places of work and synagogues that we are scattered throughout our community and our country and we bring life. We bring heaven to earth. We bring healing and wholeness and um, love and kindness and light. And, and I go back to what... Um, Jane, the Uber driver, said, I pray every day about how I can share his love and his light today. It's an ongoing process. We are doing it all the time. And in a sense, when we come back to that prayer that the church has prayed for uh, two millennia now, um, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And then we stop for a second and we say, oh, I'm actually the answer to that prayer. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we need to be intentional. We need to be purposeful. We need to make decisions that shape our lives in such a way that we end up doing this. We have the authority to do it. We have been gifted in a variety of different ways. We must now have the faith and the de dedication that we will see God's kingdom come. And so I want to say, this week, have a go. Have a look at your own life. And so the two questions that we come to at the, the end, and I want to read before we go now the passage from Romans again. Um, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Don't become so well adjusted that you fit into the culture without even thinking. I'm saying to us as, as followers of Jesus, let's think purposefully about how we're going to live. And so the question is for this week, what does it take to live intentionally? What does it take to live purposefully on a mission for God? And the second question then is a simple one also. What things stop you from living with purpose?